You are now listening to Wave a Sound. Welcome to episode 53 of Versus Mike History. I am your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we are on your preferred platform, let us know, and we'll do our best to change that. For premier access to Versus Mike History content, join our members-only subscription tier on VersusMikeHistory.com. Some years ago, when at Spelman College, around the time in Martin Luther King's birthday had just become a holiday, I had the opportunity to speak at Spelman College. You know those sisters were fired up. You know, Martin Luther King's birthday had just come. I mean, and they were out there. When I walked in, it was wall-to-wall Africans, and they were excited. I asked them a question. How many of you love Martin Luther King? Put your hands up. I mean, some put both hands up. And I asked them a simple question. Keep your hands up if you have read one book by Dr. Martin Luther King. Oh, Brother Kwani, we love him. <laughs> they don't even read about King. All they know about King is what they get off of television, and the television can only give you sound bites at best. Yeah, but a young student came running to me and said, oh, you know, it's Dr. King's birthday recently. I said, yes, he said, you know, I almost know his speech. I have a dream by heart. I said, that's excellent. He said, do you know it's the best speech that Dr. King ever gave? I told him, keep quiet. Now, you must not spread ignorance, especially among an oppressed people. <laughs> Anyone who knows anything about Dr. King knows that one of his most mediocre speeches is I Have a Dream speech. That's right. I commend one other speech to you if you really want to see Dr. King. It's called Why I Oppose the War in Vietnam. <laughs> it is here that you will come to see truly something about Dr. King. I want to give you examples so you can see what your responsibility is. You must not think that the enemy will ever come or anybody will ever come and give you instructions on your struggle. It is only you yourself who must find the thread of your struggle. It is your responsibility to understand the resistance of your struggle and to make your contribution to your struggle. When they get through with Dr. King's interpretation, since we don't read him or study him or analyze him, they make you believe that the greatest contribution Dr. King made to his people was nonviolence. And they call him a creative genius. Can you imagine that? That means that all Dr. King did with nonviolence was to take that from Mahatma Gandhi and adapt it to the situation in the United States. A genius doesn't have to do this. Why, even George Bush can do that. <laughs> but Dr. King certainly was a creative genius. And his contribution to us was not nonviolence. Matter of fact, when they get through with him, he sounds like Martin Luther, nonviolent, nonviolent King. What it do, family? We are back again for another episode of Versus Mike History. It's your boy. Um, and, you know, like, I'm feeling good. The weather is finally starting to break after those past couple of weeks of snow, if you're on the East Coast. And, um, you know, people are starting to go outside again. And that just makes me feel really great. Now, with that being said... I still want to give the advisory warning to wear your mask and social distance and wash your hands and continue to do the things that continue to practice all the practices that we learned over quarantine um, as we transition back into our regular lives. But it does bring joy to me that people are um, beginning to enjoy others company 
and um, reconnect with their families and, you know, travel and get back into the swing of how life is supposed to be, you know, enjoyable. And, you know, we got a good episode today. I don't want to harp on that for too long. Uh, Got a lot to get into. And let's go ahead and get into our shout outs. So as always, you know, we have to leave with love. This week's shout out goes out to the yard uh, located in Newark, New Jersey. I went there the other day for a lunch. I got me an oxtail burger with fries and banana pudding and a raspberry lemonade. And let me tell you how everything was phenomenal. Uh, The oxtail burger came on a brioche bun. The fries were nice and crispy. The raspberry lemonade was fresh and didn't taste like it had a bunch of preservatives in it. And the banana pudding was astounding. So I just wanted to give a shout out to you guys. Um, Of course, this is a black owned business located right in my home city, North New Jersey. And I'm going to connect with them really soon for an interview. So look out for that. Okay, I wanted to take this week's Black Spotlight to highlight a young man who's created an HBCU apparel line that has gotten a lot of attention. And I'm getting this information from Black Enterprise, so um, bear with me, please. Marketing student Tahir Murray followed followed in his family's footsteps by creating a clothing line focused on HBCUs. The Howard University senior designed HBCU apparel that has attracted the attention of black NBA all-stars such as Chris Paul. Last year, Murray participated in Nike's Air Max campaign. The company honored and celebrated individuals who attended HBCUs. Before we launched in fall 2019, I knew I wanted to primarily focus on HBCUs to help share our stories Murray shared with the Council of Fashion Designers of America. Murray hopes that his clothing brand will continue to bring more visibility to HBCUs. So shout out to this young black man who's doing amazing things while still attending college. Uh, The name of his brand is called Legacy History Pride. So if you want to check out his clothes, you can see him there. And um, it's important that we highlight these institutions of education that were built specifically for black students. And I think that it's about time we had the conversation of why we aren't sending most of our students to these universities but that's a conversation for another day and we can go ahead and get into our off the topics ladies and gentlemen i try to make a next motherfucking scene up here it's a celebration bobby is home nature is healing the sun is coming out Everything's coming back to normal. Um, it is truly, truly, truly beautiful to see Bobby Schmurder come home after doing all of that time. I think it was six or seven years. Taking extra years so that Rowdy Rebel could get out early. We need to be honoring the honorable. Um... It's beautiful to see the Migos bless Bobby on his way out of a prison with jewelry and designer clothes and presenting him with his fans that was holding him down, visiting him in prison. Um, all the jokes about people making, uh, people trying to use him for clout, 
it's corny. We're not, we, we not, we not feeding into that. Uh, we see Bobby getting love from everywhere. It's beautiful that um, he's still receiving the love that he's receiving after all of these years. The fact that his name still has relevance. The fact that people are now on the edge of their seats waiting for a record because they know it's about to get hot out. Because they know that this summer is going to be absolutely nuts. Um, and, you know, it's, it's it's really a great thing. You know, <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm rambling, but the reality is that it's not every day we get to see these types of things happen. Um, usually, like, this process is uh, stretched out over a 20-year period, 30-year period. Um, and somebody's lost their whole life, but you know he's back out and he gets to reap the benefits of being a stand-up guy. And um, I'm gonna leave it there. We're gonna go ahead and give it up one time for Hove for selling 50% of his Ace of Spades brand um to LVMH. Uh, we saw Duce have a very, very, very good summer in 2020 with outages happening all over the country. Um, and apparently it, it garnered the attention of the, uh, parent brand Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy. And this is a really great move and it makes perfect sense and it just adds to the catalog of successes that Jay-Z has in his corner. So shout out to Hove and um you know, I think that we won't be seeing any more do say shortages. So uh, let's go ahead and keep it moving. Um what else do we have? Let's see. Okay, so Russell Westbrook is producing a an uh, a documentary about the Tulsa massacre, and I'm getting this article from KTUL.com, and it reads: NBA star Russell Westbrook is helping bring a documentary on the Tulsa race massacre to the History Channel. A&E Television Networks announced this week that the program has gotten the green light to air this spring, in connection with the hundredth anniversary of the Tulsa race massacre, where a violent mob of white people destroyed a thriving black community. The Tulsa Race Massacre was not something I was taught about in school or in any of my history books, Westbrook said in a news release from A&E Television Networks. It was only after spending 11 years in Oklahoma that I learned of this deeply troubling and heartbreaking event. This is one of many overlooked stories of African Americans in this country that deserves to be told. These are the stories that we must honor and amplify so we can learn from the past and create a better future. Westbrook is serving as an executive producer. So shout out to him, man. Um, you know, um, I always tell you guys about my thing with black trauma, but um, some of these stories that are associated with trauma are absolutely necessary to be told because of what um, happened before the tragedy. And um, it is extremely important to highlight that they were 
towns and cities in America that thrived with black um, people uh, who were successful and who uh, caused no problems for each other and who created a whole sustainable life <clears throat> that uh, white people came and destroyed. So shout out to Westbrook and I'm going to be looking out for this because I want to check it out. I like documentary based stuff too. the black trauma thing. Um, for me, I associate more so with Hollywood, but you know, when stuff is rooted in um, facts and documents and history, then uh, it makes it uh, an educational experience. So yeah. Uh, it just says coming this spring. I was going to give you guys a date, but I don't know. All right, let's keep it moving. Um, so Cornell West is threatening to leave Harvard over his denied request for tenure. Um, my personal beliefs about, well, my personal opinion about this situation is of course, that is an egregious situation (laughs) and um you know it seems dramatic but the reality of it is that um the only reason why he's getting pushback on this is because whoever is giving the most money to harvard at this moment doesn't want him to have tenure it all comes down to who gives the most money to these institutions and um that's why education has to be redefined in america but um, it really is a shame that he has to have this public fight with them over this issue when he's contributed so much to American literature and to the black experience and to um, the education of Harvard students, period. Like, it goes without saying. So, um, you know, I hope that this situation concludes with the best favorable, the best, the most favorable situation for Cornell West. And, um, yeah, you know, (laughs) I don't know what else to say about that, but I'm gonna go ahead and move on to my last, um, off the topics. And that is about how black lives matter gross $90 million in 2020. And I'm getting this from Daily Mail. Please don't kill me, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Black Lives Matter group raked in $90 million in donations last year. Leaders disclosed finances for the first time, but angry local chapters say they are not being given any of the money. Um, Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation has revealed its finances for the first time, noting that the group raked in $90 million in donations last year. The nonprofit has shared its financial snapshot exclusively with the Associated Press amid accusations from local chapters that they are not being given any of the money. But the fight is far from over for the foundation, widely seen as a steward of the Black Lives Matter movement, with only one Black Lives Matter group in Denver having signed a multi-year agreement with the National Association to receive funds. The foundation is now building infrastructure to catch up to speed. It's funding of plans to use this endowment, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, I will uh, use my words sparingly, but 
the reality is that um you have to do the work yourself essentially you know um we are in a time where the dollar is the almighty god <laughs> in our society you know um and some people who claim to be a part of the movement and uh use the movement as a stepping stone to whatever ambitions that they have um often aren't even aligned with the ultimate goal for how the future looks for black folks in america um with that being said um i do think that the release of a snapshot of their funds means that they are moving in the direction of uh setting up more funds to help local chapters and um people who uh use the name black lives matter for their organization um and all i can say is that uh like the clip says in the beginning you just got to do the work you know like research yourself um fundraise yourself and don't rely on these uh organizations who reach astronomical statuses and uh allow people to elevate those uh, uh elevate them to those levels um disappoint you you know because more often than not they will but <laughs> i want to keep it on a positive note by moving on to new music so we are going to do that so a lot of music dropped this week and um i'm not gonna lie and act like I got to all of it, but um, I will, you know, cover pretty much everything that um, I think is relevant to the podcast, <laughs> at least. So, um, Spitta dropped Collection Agency. I actually did listen to this all the way through because Spitta is my guy. Um, this project is is dope. Um, Kush through the sunroof. Uh, shout out. And Jermaine Dupri are the um, are the standouts to me, so go ahead and check that out. Um, Toro Imoy he dropped the Underneath the Pine instrumental album. Uh, Bryson released the deluxe version of his anniversary project. I heard a couple songs off of. Um, I heard I heard a couple of the deluxe songs, and to be perfectly honest, he could have just kept them. Because um, I actually really do enjoy this anniversary project, but the songs that he added were, um, they were they're okay. I mean, they weren't anything to be desired, is all I'm saying. But uh, moving on, Casey Veggies dropped CG Five, uh, Payroll Giovanni and Cardo dropped Another Day Another Dollar. I have to get to that. Um, Go Big by Big Sean and YG. Off the Coming to America 2 soundtrack um, That song is cool AP by Pop Smoke That's on the Boogie soundtrack Is really hard uh, Go check that out Can't Let It Show by Tank Which is just a um, uh, Maxwell cover 
uh, Skiggy by J.I.D., Robbery Part 2 by T. Grizzly, Rainforest by No Name, and Fun Fact Ballad by L.A. And um, now that I have gone over new drops, I want to touch on this Kirk Franklin Tiny Desk because it was everything that it needed to be. He delivered uh, the performance that we all deserved and that we all wanted. Uh, I think that it was really it was really good and on time that Kirk Franklin put this together and his enthusiasm and his performance and his band and how he orchestrates everything. The fact that he's been this consistent uh, over this over this such a long period of time is something that, you know, I hope people don't um, underestimate. And, you know, the melodies that he uses from popular from popular music and gospel just translate so well. And um, it's just another reinforcement of how black music needs the black church. Um, I, I genuinely do believe that. So shout out to Kirk Franklin and let's get into this D'Angelo versus friends. So um, you guys are getting this on March 1st on Monday, but D'Angelo, he performed his verses on Saturday night uh, and it was outstanding, man. Um, First of all, I'm a huge D'Angelo fan. Uh, so everything that they played, I was looking forward to hearing, but, um, outside of that, the fact that he had Method Man and Red Man come out and perform with him, and then he had her come out and perform with him, um, and the DJ and DJ Scratch, uh, his set before D'Angelo came on and, uh, him just, uh, bouncing off the songs that he would like D'Angelo to perform and, uh, uh, perform melodies with was just everything that a Saturday night um, with some weed and wine and some cheesecake um, is in store for. I don't know. I, I kind of went left field with that, but yeah, no. The the D'Angelo versus was 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 really good, man. Um, it was it was a complete vibe. And Tim and Swizz have already announced the next verses, and it is going to be Ghostface versus Raekwon. Me being a, me also being a huge Wu Tang fan, this is a great back to back verses for me. So I'm extremely excited. Uh, Ghostface and Raekwon are my two favorite. Are they? No, I wouldn't say that. Um, they Ghostface is my favorite Wu Tang member, but uh, Raekwon is not my second. Uh, but Regardless, these two going back to back with hits of some of my favorite records is going to be an absolute uh, dream. So I'm going to be there and on my polo and on my jewelry and uh, my bit. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. Let's go ahead and get into some uh, some new TV. So um, I think that I'm going to redefine how I talk about television news for this part of the podcast moving forward, just because of how I'm doing the separate content 
for uh, members only. Uh, I just think that I shouldn't be reviewing stuff on here and over there at the same time. But um, I do have some stuff to go over today. Just a forewarning for all you guys listening. Um, uh, let's go ahead and get into some WandaVision and uh, talk about that eighth episode where we get basically um, a reworking of Wanda's backstory where we see um, Agatha Harkness go through uh, very pivotal and emotional points in Wanda's life. Um, Spoilers for anybody listening who didn't watch the episode. Um, We start in Wanda's childhood with um, her father who sold... um, American sitcoms uh, to make money and then they watch them together so that they can move out of their war-torn neighborhood. Of course, this never happened because a bomb went off killing them. And um, we see that that was the sort of initial initial, uh, occurrence of Wanda's powers. And just to do a, a quick, um, a quick recap, uh, in the beginning of the episode, we see how um, Ag- Agatha Harkness came to be, uh, and um, we see that she was a part of a coven in Salem, Massachusetts, in the 1600s, and uh, the power that she was wielding, the magic that she was wielding, was different from her coven's, and they tried to kill her. And she was too powerful, and then the magic that she was using would drain the magic from them, make her more powerful, which is uh, probably what's led her to Wanda uh, and her great big explosion through this town of Westview, New Jersey. Now, skipping back to uh, Wanda's uh, memories, we also see um, her conversation with Vision, which was very heartfelt, and um, then we see her interaction oh and before that we see her interaction with the uh mind stone while she's being um experimented on by hydra and you know this was mostly like an exposition episode but it was really cool it was really cool and um it was very emotional episode and i think that marvel does the television the superhero television without it being too superhero very well because a lot of um a lot of TV shows a lot of superhero TV shows are just regular TV shows but with superheroes in them and I think that Marvel does a good job of making television making their superhero television shows actually about superheroics and having everything tie in and having a purpose and it not just being exposition or filler for that week's episode sort of like how Agents of Shield did for a lot of seasons but Regardless, it had its moments. Um, yeah, you know, uh, the finale is next week. Well, this week, and uh, I'm really excited to see how this show ends because you know it ties into whatever happens in Doctor Strange, and that comes out next year. And apparently, um, this also has tie-ins with uh, Spider-Man Three, which we get at the end of this year. So it's pretty cool, you know. Yeah. And um, I don't really have any other TV stuff. I'm watching Snowfall, and I'm reviewing that through the members-only tier on VersusMikeHistory.com. Uh, 
uh and i'm watching the sopranos the sopranos is really good i just started the fourth season and this show is really different from what i thought it was going to be um it really is just a family television show but uh centered around you know a father who is in the mafia um and um yeah that's pretty much it i think that's all i have for this week's episode wow yeah like I said before, I'm reviewing Snowfall through the members only tier on versusmikehistory.com for $5 a month. You can get that. Um, after WandaVision ends, I'm going to review The Falcon and the Winter Soldier when that comes on because um, that show is going to be awesome. That'll also be behind the members only tier. And these. Um, podcasts that i'm doing for specifically reviewing these uh shows will be available to everyone but after the show is over so once this season of snowfall is over then the entire um podcast of episodes uh will be released simultaneously on all podcast platforms if uh you know you just don't want to give me any money, but, you know, it is what it is. And that's all I have for this week's episode. Guys, it has been fun. As always, send topics, questions, music, and movie suggestions. Follow the podcast on Twitter at VSMikeHistory and on, uh, and on Instagram and the fan base app at VersusMikeHistory. Follow me on Twitter at MikeHistory and on Instagram at LastNameHistory. And this week's sound selection comes from LA and the name of the track is fun fact and it features Rick Ross so let's go ahead and get into it I can't control this feeling baby I need some sexual healing baby I She'll be right here with a nigga back. Let's go. We should be discovering love underneath these sheets. Need some sexual healing, baby. I, I, you should be right here with a nigga back. Baby, I'm back, back in effect, yeah. Fun fact, I got a hundred around my neck, yeah. Who that? That's just my ex trying to get back, yeah. Rolling Stone, I'm moving on, never look back, yeah. Now tell the truth, baby, and don't ask. Nah. Only fit I plead is when I'm running through sacks. I can give you the world, don't even stress. Van eyes, quarter to two, five to jet. I can't control this feeling, baby. Some sexual healing, baby. I, I, you should be right here with a nigga back. We should be discovering love underneath these sheets. Need some sexual healing, baby. I, 
Vegas. You should be right here with a nigga back. Live it. That's my new shit. Live it. Yeah. Live it. On the counter, making love on my album, tweaking cause I'm so freaky, fucking you every hour. There's some talks in your salad. I got multiple talents, Dallas, London, and Paris. Then make love to a ballad on the beach in Bahamas. If we speak, let's be honest. Got me roaming the streets like I'm Mick on Katanas. Run the league like Giannis, never speak to your honor. I'm keeping my promise. I'm the king of Wakanda. Just watch what I say. I can't speak on no drama. Just lay on your back, just a kiss on your stomach. Bring a few friends. Get you a bonus. Ice out your wrist. Time to get a new rollie. Damn Marino or mine. Guess who calling the plays? Put your team on the yacht. Now they all in the maze. You all that I got. That's all I'ma say. If I write you a check, I could call it a day. I can't control this feeling, baby. I need some sexual healing, baby. I Should be right here with a nigga back. Yeah. We should be discovering love underneath these sheets. Need some sexual healing, baby. I, uh, you should be right here with a nigga back.